0: to First Baptist Clinton this morning. I was just thinking as we were singing this song, one of the beautiful things about the relationship with Jesus is we have the privilege of coming into the presence of Holy God. Our sin would keep us apart from Him, but because of His life, death, and resurrection, and our faith in Him, we get to step into His presence, and we welcome you in his presence this morning as we worship together. Uh, grateful for you to be here today to worship with us. If you're a guest this morning, thank you for choosing to worship with us. You will find in your worship program a uh, connection card. Just ask you to uh, kindly complete it, uh, if you don't mind. And then the back side of it is a prayer request form. And so if you'll share the prayer requests with us, uh, we would. We are praying, people. We want to pray for one another. Encourage you to share those requests with us. We worship through giving at the end of our worship time, so the ushers will be at the door as you go out. You can just place those connection cards and prayer requests in the offering plate as as you uh, go out uh, from worship this morning. So I'm always looking for things to help me and to help other guys. With uh, with husband kind of stuff, okay, All right. So I have an idea. <clears throat> I have an idea. I I want to I want to set this up so that you guys have time to think about it because you know the women can make this decision quick, but it'll take the rest. It'll take the guys in the room the full week to figure this out. So on on. So here's the here's the deal. Take her out on a date, a morning date. Monday morning, um, May the, the, (laughs) gotta make sure I get the right day, May the 23rd, and bring her here and help us and then work together and then have lunch together, doesn't it sound like fun? The playground is coming, yeah, the playground's coming, and and, uh, we need help, men and women to help. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 23, 24, and 25. And so, uh, let's rejoice together in this, just another step in progress of service toward our children local and our children in our community. Um, uh, In the meantime, let's worship. Let's stand together and read uh, Psalm uh, 148.
1: Yeah, read aloud with me, please. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created and he established them forever and ever he issued a decree that will never pass away praise the lord from the earth you great sea creatures in all ocean depths lightning and hail snow and clouds stormy winds that do his bidding you mountains and all hills fruit trees and all cedars wild animals and all cattle small creatures and flying birds kings of the earth and all nations you princes and all rulers on earth young men and women old men and children let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is exalted his splendor is above the earth and the heavens and he has raised up for his people a horn The praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. Psalm 148.
2: of our god and king lift up your voice and with us sing oh praise him Allelu-
1: Good morning. My name is Daniel Wilson. I'm your deacon of the week. Uh, if there's anything I can do for you throughout the week, uh, my number's on the board. Uh, if there's any prayer requests that you'd like prayed for, send me a text uh, and we can pray for those. Uh, also a reminder from the pastor search committee, if you have not filled out the survey and turned it back in, uh, you have till next Sunday to do that. If you're needing a form, there are forms on the uh, back table in the lobby. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the gift of a new day and uh, for the chance to come here in a free country and uh, serve you and worship you. And may we never take that freedom for granted. Uh, Be with us throughout this service. Be with Pastor Randy as he brings the message. Uh, Give us ears to hear what he has to say and the courage to put into practice what what he preaches to us. Ask all these things in your name, amen. You may
3: be seated. morning everybody how you guys doing good Good. well today is graduation sunday for our public school kids um so we want to recognize our graduates so if you are a senior graduating today or yesterday or whenever your graduation date was this spring go ahead and come forward to the front we want to recognize you if you did not get your information to me that's okay and we were still want to recognize you, um, even though we don't get to see a cute baby picture. uh, We still do want to recognize you guys for the hard work and accomplishment you guys have achieved. So go ahead and make your way forward. Um, At the very end, whenever we are done, um, don't go anywhere. We want to pray over you guys, and we have a little gift for you guys as well. All right. Um, Whenever I say your name, you guys can just uh, step forward or give a little wave, let people know who you are. All right. In alphabetical order, Jacob Ryan Allen, He is graduating from Clinton High School. His plans are to head off to boot camp July 18th to go into the Marines as a combat engineer. You guys can give a little (laughs) applause. That's good. (laughs) Micaiah Carter. She is graduating from Sherwood High School. Her plans are to go to Missouri State to major in business. Rayleigh Claire Compton. Did I say that right? Is that correct? Okay. CHS, and she plans to go to the Academy of Salon Professionals in Sedalia this fall. (laughs) Abraham Griffey. (laughs) He's graduating from CHS and plans to attend Missouri Baptist University this fall. Hayden William Ketterman. He's graduating from Lakeland High School. He plans to attend Northwest Missouri State University to major in math education. <laughs> Louise Marie. She plans, she will be going back to Belgium and will go to the college of, I don't know how to say this because it's in Belgium uh, Louvain La Nouveau. Um, also called UCL, um, and she will study psychology.
2: Mm.
3: Laramie Gage Montoya, or Mantonia, I'm sorry, Mantonia. Mm. (laughs) He's graduating from CHS. He plans to go to State Fair Community College to study construction management. And Keaton Townsend. He's graduating from Clinton High School. He plans to go to Missouri State University and either uh, major in pre-med biology or sports medicine. So
1: grads, go ahead and say hello. Did I lose my microphone? Hello, there we go, thank you. So there is one other grad that I noticed in the room, Noah Adams is going to Colorado School of Mines. uh, Something with engineering, right? Um, We have a tradition uh, for I don't know how many years where we sing over our graduates. So you all get to just not, you have graduates, you have permission to not sing for a verse of this, all right? And then you we're going to just sing for you. This is a prayer. This is Psalm uh, this is Ephesians 3:16 through 19, one of uh, Paul's prayers for us. Um, but we're going to pray it for our students. Um, if, if you're not familiar with this, that's okay. You just listen for a verse or two. I pray.
2: know this love that surpasses knowledge to know this love that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god
1: Let's sing it again all of us i pray
2: that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, to know this love that you may be filled to the measure of all, the fullness of God.
1: Amen. Graduates, you can be seated if you'd like. Before you all escape, Joey's got a little uh, book for you. So as I was thinking about this, uh, having a son that's graduating, he's walking out to go do recording. Um, You all, we could all give a little commencement address this morning telling our graduates how our God is faithful through every season of life. We want them to know that. And we hope that they build their house, their spiritual house, on solid ground, the solid rock of Jesus. Let's sing this together.
2: Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken i've never been more glad that i put my faith in jesus cause he's never let me down he's faithful through generations so Rain came, winds blew, but my house was big. And all will see how great, how great is our God.
1: Let's all stand together while we sing this. And age
2: to age he stands, and time is near.
1: Together, John 13 31 when he was gone Jesus said now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him if God is glorified in him God will glorify the son in himself and will glorify him at once my children I will be with you only a little longer you will look for me and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. John 13:31 through 35. Well, we are... Uh, Lingering even today in the resurrection. And uh, let's sing joyfully about it. Three.
2: Day. Happy day, happy
0: of our worship is holy God. And I was just thinking as I sat up here this morning and watched out across the crowd, how, what a delight it is for me to look out at people I love and see them worshiping God. And I thought, wow, wonder what it's like for the Father when we, his people, turn our attention to him in uh, in worship, and uh, we are we are we are compelled to this worship because Jesus is alive. And the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus is of first importance. That's how Paul described it in the early part of chapter fifteen. You may want to turn in your Bible to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, uh, because once again we will visit these uh, words, words of Paul. Because without the resurrection, we have no gospel. Without the resurrection, we have no salvation. There is no happy day without the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. Paul wrote in verse 19, If we can trust Jesus to save us only in this life and not in the next one, Christians deserve the most pity of anyone in the world. See, without the resurrection, we just join the ranks of other world religions where where our only value is upgrading the morality around us, see? And improving our communities. And, and if, there's, if there's no resurrection, then we eat and drink, and tomorrow we die. And that's it. But... Be reassured. Jesus points us to something more. Paul wrote in verse 20, in verse 50, this is the premise of these verses, uh, 15, 35 through, through 58, Paul, Paul writes, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So we look first in this chapter at the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul told the story of, his, of Jesus' appearances having risen from the dead. And then the, the next chapter, section in the chapter, Paul talks about about resurrection in principle. Um, And then in this section, he starts talking about the resurrection of the bodies, our resurrection and the resurrected bodies. And so the result, uh, and, and the result is something more than the beginning. But someone will ask, verse 35, but someone will ask, How are the dead raised? And with what kind of body will they come? To answer these questions, Paul gives us three analogies. In verse 37, he said, A seed, sow a seed, and it dies in order to come to life. And when we we plant seeds, they become something more. Uh, In time, you see the... The, the plant emerges, and in time, the plant produces its fruit and While we may put just a few seeds in the ground, the the produce of those seeds is something more and so paul uses this this analogy as as um, a reminder that that um, each each one of these seeds produces a produces a plant that has its own character and it's much more than the seed itself. In verse 38, he talks about flesh, the flesh of people, the flesh of animals and of birds and he says they're all different. You you think about it. <laughs> you think about how God's created all of of the flesh-bearing creatures, animals and birds and and humans, and just look around the room. I, I have a perspective this morning which you are not privy to, but god 's pretty creative, he is pretty creative, just even even among humans you know we're he 's incredibly creative, and each one of us, each one of us is the touch of his creative work and 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 we are we are something more, because he is alive and in our lives verses forty and forty one Paul uses the analogy of the splendor of the heavenly bodies and the earthly bodies and how they are different from each other and and he talks about sun and moon and stars and those kinds of things, but with this. He reminds us that God, God who fitted us for life on earth, is, the, is certainly capable of, of res, resuiting us so that we, so that we are, are suitable for heaven. And in verse 42, Paul put it this way so it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. And the spiritual body is something more than the natural body. In verse 44, he picks up this theme again. He talks about the, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last man, Adam, a life-giving spirit. So the reference to the last man, Adam, is a reference to Jesus so we have Adam, who was, was the natural, and, the, and he came first, and out of the, the dust of the earth, um, God created humans. Uh, I, something I learned from, from Mark Abney is I, I made some comment about dirt, and he said, it's not dirt. <laughs> he said, it's, it's soil. Um, because it's, it's soil when it's where you want it. It's dirt when, when it's not where you want it. But we were created <laughs> from dust. And nobody wants dust, right? You spend hours attempting to defeat dust in your home. But he takes the dust. And he created us as natural with this natural bodies and 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 so currently we all bear the image and likeness of the natural man, the earthly man Adam, but afterward came the the spiritual man, and the spiritual man, Jesus, bears the mark of heaven because he was not created from dust he is the he is the eternal everlasting son of god who took on flesh and blood and came to live among us so that he could so that he could give his life as a ransom for for us and and he he is he is this he is a life giving spirit he is his whole purpose was to give life and he said it this way in john he said i've come to give life and to give it abundantly and and so so he all of the stories of jesus as we read through the gospels his life bears the marks of heaven because he is he is spiritual he is a He's the heavenly man. And and those those of us who come to be his followers, we begin to bear the likeness of Jesus because the spirit of the the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us when we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. And our natural man becomes something more. Our natural person becomes something more. We become spiritual people because his spirit lives within us. This earthly life for the, which we live now is simply preparing us for heavenly life when we, when we one day will get to spend forever in the presence of holy God. So, how we live now matters, by the way. How we live now is a part of our preparation for what's to come. You know, when we... when we, I, I read the Revelation, and, and one of the things I note in the Revelation is that when... People come into the presence of God. They are overwhelmed by his presence. And they fall on their face and they cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so in this life, we should have moments when we are enraptured by the holiness of God and we fall on our faces and worship him. It's just getting us ready, folks. For when we will worship him, forever. And so we live our lives today in preparation for spending forever with him. But I will remind you our resurrection from the dead is entirely dependent upon his Jesus resurrection from the dead. and Because he's alive we, we have this hope that our 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 spiritual bodies, our natural bodies become something more as we take on this spiritual body. And the the life-giving spirit of Jesus is something more than the living being of the first Adam. The earthly bodies we cremate and bury cannot inherit the kingdom of God without something more. And Paul says we we may not all die, but we will all be changed. This transformation, which Paul makes note of, happens instantly in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. And it's a, the expression literally means in a moment of time which cannot be divided. You see, there's a, there's a moment coming when, when we are totally transformed so that we are suited to spend forever with Jesus in heaven. The trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed, Paul says in verse 52. Now, why is that? Well, he does answer the question. Because because death is swallowed up in victory. Which Paul loosely quotes Isaiah 25 verse 8. Where where Isaiah says, "Where O death, or where Isaiah says, He will swallow up death forever." You see, in Jesus Christ, Jesus' resurrection defeats the power of death, and death, death is swallowed up in the victory of the resurrection of Jesus. Paul then casually quotes Hosea. Verse thirteen, fourteen, where when he says, Where O death is your victory? Where O death is your sting? Defeated death has neither victory nor sting. See, for believers, for believers, death, <laughs> death's been defeated. And so the moment we pass from this life to the next, it bears no sting because the sting of death is sin and our sins have been forgiven. And we, we do not bring a self-righteousness to that moment. We bring an imparted righteousness to that moment where Jesus, where Jesus himself imparts to us his own righteousness and and we live we live not in ourselves but we live in him and this, and, and and we're all changed because sin and the law are defeated All are transformed by the victory through Jesus Christ. That's what he tells us in verse 57. He describes these something more bodies. They are imperishable. He tells us that three times verse 42, and 50, and 52. They are raised in glory, verse 43. They are raised in power, verse 43. They are spiritual, verse 44. They are immortal, verse 53. And they are recognizable. That takes you back to verses 5 through 8, where Jesus was recognizable to the disciples and to a crowd of 500 people simultaneously and later to Paul himself as one untimely born. These bodies we inhabit experience a transformation the moment we are ushered in to heaven. But there must be a transformation before transformation. We have to have the meeting before the meeting with Jesus. See, resurrection life is now something that is, 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 is uh, now is is something it, it's something more than simply calling yourself a Christian, showing up occasionally on Sunday, giving a little money to the church. You see what what the scriptures talk about, what it means to be a Christian is to be a person whose life is transformed, transformed by grace of God through faith. And, and it's not anything we do, Paul tells in Ephesians two ten, it's not, not anything we do, it's the gift of God. And we experience this transformation, Paul described it in other places as being the kind of transformation that moves us from death to life because we are spiritually separated from God we are far from him and so to be a follower of Jesus means we are being transformed because it's not a once and done act his transformation continuously is at work in us so that we so that we become increasingly more like Jesus in this life so that we can be transformed into his likeness forever in the life to come. So this transformation for those of us who are followers of Jesus works in us now as a call to action. And Paul Paul gives us the call to action For those of us who are following Jesus, who are experiencing his transforming grace, in verse 58, he tells us to stand firm, to let nothing move you, and to give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Pretty clear. Stand firm in your convictions and in your understanding of who God is and how He is transforming your life. Let nothing move you, no external force can break down the faith we have in Jesus Christ. And give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because it's not about us. It's all about him. He's the audience of our worship. He's the audience of our work. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And here's just a little caveat Paul throws on at the end. Your labor for the Lord is not in vain. So sometimes when you struggle and you wonder about it, just remember your labor for the Lord is not in vain in vain. Every time you give a witness for Christ and the person walks away saying, no, your labor is not in vain. You have planted a seed. Every Bible study lesson you lead and, and, and you walk out of the room wondering, thinking about yourself, well, I really blew that. I wonder if anybody got anything out of it. Remember your labor for the Lord is not in vain. When you share the cup of cold water and no thanks is given, (laughs) sometimes we grumble about that. But remember, your labor for the Lord is not in vain. When you serve people and love people and you give yourself to them and you see no change, remember, your labor for the Lord is not in vain. So to those of us who are followers of Jesus, he tells us, stand firm. Let nothing move you and give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. But to those of us who, are, who may not yet be followers of Jesus. We have to have the transformation before the transformation. So without this first transformation, when Jesus comes into your life and forgives you of your sins and makes you a new creation, there is no transformation in the end, you see, because in the end, it's forever separation from God. But if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the transformation before transformation, is publicly identifying with Jesus. That's what, that's what we do when we say Jesus is Lord. We don't just whisper that under our breath so nobody knows it. It's a public declaration. Jesus is Lord. It's a declaration based upon a single belief. You remember Paul said resurrection is of first importance. The only thing you have to believe in order to be saved is Jesus is alive. Because the resurrection, Jesus is Lord, I believe in the resurrection. Paul says, you will be saved. A few verses later, he says, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. This morning, we invite you to call upon the name of the Lord so that you can experience the transformation before the transformation. We stand together this morning to sing, and as we sing today, I invite you, if you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, to um, uh, come and share with me. This morning, you may be looking for a church home. We'd welcome members at this time. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. So if you're in the room in a moment, we want you just to step forward and come share with us any decision you need to make. If you join us online today, I invite you to to just go to our website, firstbaptistclinton.church and click the I want Jesus in my life button. Or you may text or call me at my personal number, 660-890-4150. Let's have the conversation about the transformation before the transformation. So while we sing together in the room, if you have a public decision to share, Please come and share it now.